Today's episode is brought to you by Cameo. If your organization is looking to adopt Chromebooks, but you need to give your people seamless access to all their apps, including Windows apps, Cameo is the simplest and most secure and most cost-effective way to deliver all the apps your people need to be productive on Chrome OS. Cameo is a Chrome Enterprise recommended virtualization solution and is deeply integrated with Chrome OS and the Google Admin Console, making it easy for you to push any app as a PWA to your Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unbox. That's C-A-M-E-Y-O dot com slash unbox or click the link down in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast. The official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the last episode of the Chromecast for 2020. Will it be the last? This is the last I one. I we're going to do one midweek next week. No, no midweek. That will be uh, New Year. Uh, that will be after. Christmas. Yeah, so after that, we will be post Christmas, right? Do, well, no, right? we'll do one the the day, couple days before, before New Year's yeah, Day. This isn't so. the last one. This well, is it, de- it depends. I if think. we if we if we release that one on January first, then this is the last. That's one. what I was thinking. I think the next one would we're go not out doing on the one first. next week. That's where my rationale the one was. After that would be slated for January first. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But, I uh, was right. Hey, God, uh, hey, here's, what, here's what I think. If we record it Tuesday or Wednesday next week, yeah. I'm just going to put it up so that I'm right. Okay. Well. How about that? How about that? This guy. This guy. But I then zero, it's going to throw, throw everything <laughs> off if we do that, Robert. No, it does It does give. If we if uh, we do it midweek next week, then yeah. we can I release it we on do, New Year's Day, and it's a yeah. nice thing. That people be, are probably going to be home. And, yeah. And I was thinking we could do it like maybe, I don't know. We'll see what plans are like, but we could still record maybe Thursday maybe morning. Maybe Thursday, yeah. yeah. So that way we get that that week's news. Speaking of, well, I guess I got to introduce you guys. Hey, uh, my name is Joe Humphrey, and I'm joined <laughs> here by Robbie Payne. Hey, guys. And Gabriel Brangers. Hello. So uh, speaking of news, we, we need to mention uh, kind of a, a breakout article that we had uh, posted yesterday. Uh, it was written by Michael Perigo. Shout out to him. Go, uh, Michael. He's doing he's doing a great job putting out great articles. If you haven't read any of his content, you need to go you need to go check out some of his articles. He's a, he's a great writer, and we're super happy to have him on the team. But he wrote an article about some malicious Chrome extensions that you should definitely delete. So yes. um, there's not. I mean, obviously, you need to go read his article, but you need to go definitely check out that list and make sure that you don't have any of those. He kind of goes through and explains how to get rid of the extensions, how to report abuse. And I mean, I, I some of those on there, I feel like I've had installed at one point in time. The um, the Netflix one, what was the Netflix one? Do you have it pulled up, Robbie? Um, yeah, so it's... Uh Direct message for Instagram, and you got to remember oh, that too. One. No, some was, of these, that one I had. Some of these sure. are third-party things, so they yeah. are. are uh, I clicked into that one. I definitely had that, that one. Aren't, like that's not from Instagram. <laughs> no, exactly. So, no, no, no. Like, it was it was before Instagram that, made their web portal, and, and that is this, usually this the case like the with these malicious ones. They're 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 extensions that people use to piggyback off of popular services, yeah. and then in the midst of that, I'm not even sure what some of these are doing. I'm sure they're aggregating data from users and stealing, probably selling it or yeah, whatever. So, mostly, you see these malicious extensions, and there are times where there's people who are trying to get your personal information like they're trying to get passwords they're trying to get that that does happen but more often than not these malicious extensions are trying to 
aggregate your web data so they can sell it for profit to people who want to advertise to you that that's more often than not so not to say that that's necessarily any better but it's not as yeah people quite as frightening as what what we make it out yeah but people still get i mean people are are very protective of their data absolutely you know these days and are very conscious of that so yeah and it's a matter of uh, of educating yourself uh you know people people are quick to uh lash out at at companies like facebook and google and and things like that about the data that they collect but the fact of the matter is is before you ever use a single service from any of these major tech companies somewhere in the fine print you have allowed (laughs) them to do what you're doing anytime you're using a free service and i'm not (laughs) saying that that means all of these practices are good or ethical on the tech company side but buyer beware yeah absolutely and the fact is you're not paying for anything in most cases so you need to understand yeah Yeah. true true. (laughs) yeah you need to understand what you're agreeing to uh, when you use these services um but yeah, I mean, go check out the article. We'll definitely link that one so that uh, you can go read up and educate yourself on Chrome extensions that might be, you know, using your data uh, the way you don't want it to be used. So right. <laughs> right, right, right. That's what it boils down to. Uh, a couple little uh, house cleaning. Why do I keep messing this up? House what am cleaning. I even house saying? Keeping. House keeping. Why do I keep saying house cleaning? That Just makes remember. no sense, Housekeeping. Joe. Yeah. Okay. So a couple housekeeping things. Our giveaway is ending today, depending on when you listen to this. If you listen to this as soon as we get it posted, there might be a couple hours left. It is ending today, December 18th at 4, yeah, basically 3.59.59 Eastern Time. 59.59. 59.59. So it ends at 4. 99 and, milliseconds. And yeah, it, 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 that, when you set it up in Gleam, that's what it does. I don't know why they want you to set it like before the the actual like before four o'clock i don't know that's just how it does it whenever i say i want it to end at four it goes to three fifty nine fifty nine fifty nine. anywho we're giving away a acer chromebook spin 713 our favorite overall chromebook of 2020 it's awesome you need to go get entered entered to win if you haven't done so already like i said it's ending today so if you are listening to this as soon as we get it posted friday the 18th you need to go get in twin right now we'll link it right now right uh, now right now right now right I, ju- now. I just found a, a little known messaging app from google it's inside google pay <laughs> oh my god so there is a messaging message. platform inside of Perfect. google pay. sorry gabe's, uh, gabe's totally been distracted gabe's been uh been uh experimenting yeah, with uh the new google pay in ways that you can get referrals and different things so you're making money experimenting. <laughs> like i wasn't even trying to like no, cash flowing like, like seriously you know they rolled out the new google pay app a, a few weeks ago and they have like a little referral program and it was like 10 bucks and then they had some instant cash back you can get like the first three times you use it because i used to happen pay at the oh yeah me co- too. local coffee shop starbucks uh walgreens especially and, now that yeah. we don't have to touch as yeah much the stuff. gas station by my house uses tap and pay if i can use it i usually use it sure it's just it's easy well so i use it well, and, and it's start, more secure yeah, I started racking up all these rewards, and I already have my Cash App linked to Google Pay anyway, and I usually have some kind of boost on that card. And anyway, whatever. So, just like uh, Robbie had signed up with the link that I had sent him, and he uses Google Pay already, but for whatever reason, he said not, not like I think, the new I think I version. I hadn't actually made a transaction with the new one. Right, but yeah, I thought I it. Think. I don't know. I understood it to be if you've ever used Google Pay, even the old one. But no, he hadn't. He, he installed it with the link or whatever. He hadn't used it. Anyway, he sent me some cash for something that I had bought at Best Buy, and boom, we both get like $21 yeah. or so. Oh, I, mean, I didn't get the 21 Oh, sorry. Because I didn't got- refer you. I got the 21, though, somehow. We both got it. it I wonder it if said, it's a dollar I amount. I think they updated it because it now says <laughs> if you crazy. the first time your referral you makes a transaction, you both get 20 Because my wife, I sent her $10 to see if it worked. And I was like, wait a minute. Send the $10 back to me. It when she to sent it back like, to me, we both got $21. Yeah, I definitely Weird. did not get that. Joe bought a pair of glasses off of me and sent me money earlier. And we both got 20 yeah. So I'm like, well, we just paid for Christmas with like Google Pay for <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I was fiddling in it and realized that you can actually message. There's a message thread. Yeah, with, you can with, talk. Yeah, with people that you're, mess- you're you're paying back and forth with. I think it's cool. That's, that's, I do too. That's, that's, that's kind of I mean, neat. That's what we need are more messaging apps in the world well yeah i mean especially from google, <laughs> from google. especially yeah. from google you know uh, they have they have that completely locked down I wonder if it's obviously using RCS. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, one other housekeeping thing. Uh, like I said, this will be, depending on when Robbie decides to post the podcast, this is our last podcast of the year. We're going to take off next week, uh, relax with our family, and uh, enjoy some some downtime uh, for, for the holidays. So no, no Chromecast next week, but we will be uh, coming back bigger and better next year. If I get the gear ordered that I need to order, we're, we've got Can some cool stuff yet? planned. Oh, man, I, I know, kidding. guys. No, you, you all know me. I it's have end to. End of year financial stuff. I have to. I have to. I there's a lot of things moving around. Okay, so I gotta. I gotta. So, would you say I gotta, there's? I gotta, a I gotta lot do. Of, I gotta do what I gotta do to uh, to make myself feel good about it. Okay, guys. A lot of moving Joe pieces. Shot oh my the, gosh! Yeah. For the next yeah. two weeks. Yeah. A lot yeah. of moving pieces. There's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. We had a colleague that used to say that, and I always thought it was so funny. Wow. It's like, what does that even mean, dude? It means exactly what you need it to mean. A lot. So to leave me alone. Does he listen to this podcast? I don't know. I hope you he does. know who you are. I hope he does. If oh my gosh! Oh, he knows. You know it's you. You yeah. know it's you. We're so, not going to call him out, but yeah. But yeah. Um, so we we do have some things planned. We've talked about it on the podcast before. If you've listened, we're trying to do a video component of the podcast, and that is, um, we're going to kind of go all out with it, where we're going to be using our sony cameras and instead of just like webcams and stuff so we're going to try to make it look really nice and we're going to kind of train change our set uh what we do now is we just have a really cheap table from ikea <laughs> ikea like kind of a rectangular not even like a dining room table like it's smaller than that know what like this a is i don't know who or what this is made for it is it, it was it is a for cheap us when we like, just started youtube and we needed a white surface yep. like that was the yeah. look we were after yep but you can't get stuff delivered. So nope. remember who picked it somebody, up? Somebody you you I think had it was a, like my you had a, I don't know, a friend or whatever that was that up had, there. Yeah, was going through there because it, it was a forty dollar table or mm-hmm. something. But we were like, this is perfect. Yeah, but we didn't. You couldn't pay to, like the pay to get it delivered it's, was gonna be like three. It's literally like particle board. It's so cheap. I don't even know what's that. It's like, like I feel like I could punch a pencil through it. Oh, one hundred percent. We should uh, try that. Like when we're done with I this knew table, he was gonna say it's it. getting it's getting so chipped up, man. The cool part about it though, it's like you roll the legs off, and I mean you could pick this up with finger and thumb yeah absolutely up, and the cool it. thing it's is like, because like of all the, all the modular design of uh ikea stuff like you can unscrew these legs and put a different top on it or you can put like drawers on one side and yeah. stuff like I mean, it's, it's it's cool but yeah, um it's it's served its purpose yeah but it's, for sure it's time but like right now it's so time. we're sitting around a table and we all kind of sit and talk to each other so we're going to do kind of a more traditional i don't know uh, like i don't know I, I just think of like a sports show where like yeah. we're kind of angled at each other and we can kind of talk across and that way the camera can be on it's going to be it's going to be dope yeah. It's gonna be dope. So we're gonna we're gonna build that out. So, uh, get the get everything looking good. That'll be a new year project. We're have have clips on YouTube of mm-hmm. the podcast to kind of drive uh, the full video. Go on the website. It's gonna be it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be cool. cool. It's a lot of a lot of stuff to to figure out though. Yeah. In order to get that going. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it, yeah. It, it, stay I'd, tuned for yeah, that. Yeah. I'd I'd really wanted to get it done before the end of the year, but we've also tried to kind of up our video output here at the end of the year. So uh, you know, we'll we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, new year. New podcast, hopefully. Stay tuned. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about some news from the week. Uh, one thing that we wanted to start with here is the Stadia web app, essentially, for iOS. Robbie, you were testing this out yesterday, and I sat and played Grid on it for a little bit. And I played a whole section of blown away. an adventure on Watch Dogs, which I'm super excited is on Stadia. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna experiment with it this week. So, play so Watch Dogs, if if you haven't played or never have looked into this game, uh, this this game was so intriguing to me when it came out. Um, let's let's ask Google real quick. It's it, man, that game's been out for a while. When did Watch Dogs release? Let's see what it does with that. Oh man, this is gonna be interesting. Look at that! Nailed it. Should. Oh, that's Legion. No, not the. Oh man, on it. We're getting off the rails here. Oh well, I want to say it was like, geez, seven years ago. If I'm guessing, I don't know. Um, what I remember specifically about that though is I remember seeing a trailer for this game, and you're you're basically a superhero, and I'm all about you know like superhero stuff. But I like I like the more realistic superheroes, as realistic as Batman can be. Uh, that's for some reason there is the totally you, real. Yeah, I mean. It, it, it could happen. I mean, somebody could be if with enough money, you know, yeah. and and enough reason for doing it. Like May somebody 2014. Could do okay, so yeah, that's pretty close. Uh, 
And so that's like the, it's a, you know, they took my family kind of thing. This guy's a hacker and he hacks the wrong thing and they, they kill his family. And so now he's out for revenge to get back at this, this group that you're not even sure who it is. And your main weapon, your main arsenal is the ability to hack stuff wirelessly from your phone. And so I'm like, this is awesome. This is like a superhero (laughs) revenge story. And the superhero, the the vigilante uses tech. It's to, the reason Robbie loves oh, uh, Mr. Robot. I would as say well. it's kind yeah. of a video game, <laughs> and that's the thing. It came out around the same time Mr. Robot was starting to. They were starting to talk about making that, and maybe the first episode of that had already they because they debuted the first episode and it was like six months before the first. So that, that would put it right, right about the right timeline about 2015 because Mr. Robot wrapped up four seasons mm-hmm. last year. So, um, so that that whole thing was going on, and you know this whole vigilante hacker hacktivist kind of thing, like. You know, if if I don't know how to hack anything, um, uh, but if I were going to be a hacker, I, I would like to think that that's what I would use my powers for. You know, yeah, uh, more of a for the good of yeah, more of an anonymous style hacker than a uh, take people's money style hacker. Yeah, um, and so that's kind of what the the vein of this game. Uh, I have Robbie's, no idea. Robbie says that, but he's actually been an underground. Uh, Hacktivist for yeah for like five years now we just did, yeah. it's like a whole separate life I got that so he much lives. time I got so much time I just, <laughs> yeah. I just do that in, in that spare time when I'm like yeah I'm just hanging out and I'm, I'm not I'm really I'm hacking yeah I just hack on my phone yeah no I don't I I really don't know anything about it uh, I've been hacked I've had plenty of websites hacked and had to deal with the aftermath of that garbage man do you remember the a bad one taste in your mouth do you remember the one uh, it was all, was it through uh, Bluehost? Remember we oh, had like all those websites go down? Multiple times. All at the same, and it was straight up like. Bluehost was like, hey, would you like to hack? We have some donuts over here. Come on over here. Come we'll give you some over. donuts if you want to hack want these websites. Juice? It's great. We have stuff for you and snacks. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, they're, they're the worst. I hate that company. Don't host your website Never. on Bluehost. If you're I know on Bluehost, cheap, get away. Yeah, go any, not literally go anywhere else. Um, there, it's, it's a dumpster fire. Uh, anywho, um, I don't know what uh, Watch Dogs 2 and 3 are like, yeah. but in Watch Dogs 1, I remember that game coming out and wanting to play it so bad, and I hadn't had a console in years. I think we had a, a Nintendo uh, Wii, um, and clearly it wasn't going to be played on a Wii. Um, and so I went and found a used Xbox 360 and went ahead and bought the Kinect thing to go with it because I was like, my daughter was pretty young at the time, and we had some fun playing Kinect. We ended up having way more fun with Kinect, and I couldn't play Watch Dogs that often because there's a lot of language, and it's pretty violent, um, even though it's awesome. It was just not something I've ever felt comfortable playing in the living room because like, if she walked in, I mean, there's just curse words all over the place. Yeah. And so I was like, eh, man, is there any way to ever play this on something mobile? There ah, just wasn't. No. Uh, <laughs> and so that Xbox is in my basement collecting dust. Uh, I, we never really bought more stuff for it. And I was just like, eh, console gaming's not for me, blah, blah, blah. So moving on, you know, we're at this point now. The Switch came out, and I thought maybe that would be the way I get into it. That didn't work out. And so, like, mobile gaming on my phone has become the way that I play games. And, you know, we've talked a lot about that. Gaming and box came from that. Us eventually hiring Michael Perigo came from all of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But there's always just been this nagging, like, I really wanted to play that game. Like, I want to check out Watch Dogs 2 and 3. Like, there's three of them now. I want to check them out. But I was, I, I got like three hours into that first one. And so there's always just been this want to be like, I, I don't even feel like starting any other kind of adventure game. Because I, in the back of my mind, I'm always like, man, that game. I wanted to play that one. And then it came to Stadia. And I'm like, cool. I, it went on sale. I bought it. And I bought the second one. So I bought both of them for 30 bucks total. Yeah. Which was awesome, um, and I've started messing around with them. Well, that was the game I got to sit down yesterday with this app on on my iPad and and play Watch Dogs on a little tablet via the web. I, you know, like, and the wild thing about all this is we can look at the web and we can look at PWAs and we can look at web technologies and usually all those things um, that push the envelope exist on the, the web web, like on our Chromebooks or on windows PCs or on Mac, you know, like the, there's a, there's a distinct difference between the mobile web experience and a full blown web browser. It's the argument. Many people use a lot of times why they would buy a Chromebook versus an Android tablet. Like you yeah. want a full blown web browser because the technology is just different yeah. and it's, it's uh, more forward forward. Uh, uh, thinking and stuff on the the full blown versions of the web, and so even though I'm still kind of blown away at how well Stadia or GeForce Now work in a Chrome browser, like that's still 
wildly amazing uh, to think about. This new thing that Google's doing now with Stadia on iOS and iPad OS is even more wild because this is on mobile Safari. This isn't the full-blown you know, web browser. And you know, there, there are various reasons why they had to go out doing this because you know, ultimately Apple's being Apple about game streaming services and stuff. And like, I don't know where their terms of service, like I, I started reading, I, I just published the, the article about all of this uh, right before we started. So you, uh, if you're listening to this, you'll see that uh, probably on the homepage right now. But in that article, I linked the Verge's article about uh, Apple. Like they, they kind of decided to change their uh, stance on game streaming services but not really. It's like they created caveats to say, oh, well, if you want to do this, this, and this, you can. And it's so convoluted. And like I was reading through the article, I'm like, I, so they're allowing what? And you can't do this? And it all comes down to money. They, yeah. they want a piece of every bit of that pie. And these services allow for purchases on third-party stuff. And like it gets confusing because you got to compare this stuff to things like uh, Netflix. You got to compare it to things like Amazon's movie subscriptions and, and movie purchase. Like it's almost like, yeah, well, there's one set of rules for those guys and one set of rules for these guys. And, and so they, they kind of said, okay, we'll do this, 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 and that'll allow you in. And none of the game streaming services are really excited about it because it's a pretty crappy deal. So it's still like a mess. Uh, I, and I don't even know where it is right now. It's just, it's messy enough that X cloud Luna, um, GeForce Now, Stadia don't have apps in 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 the iOS and iPad OS app store, and so I know it's that messy at least. Yeah, and so Google it's at least that bad. Yeah, <laughs> and so Google just said, you know what, the heck with it. Here's here's our way around it, and to me, this is like so beautiful and awesome because the way around this goofiness in app stores and locked in ecosystems and control that companies have kind of understandably over over their app experiences is being subverted by web technology the open web that we talk about all the time like the open web is beautiful and it's it's more functional than it's ever been and and experiences are being delivered right in a tab or you know all and quote unquote install it you know as a as a pwa it's just adding a shortcut the the whole experience is running just in a tab in in a browser tab and so, you know, you can go to stadia.google.com or just stadia.com on an iPhone or an iPad as long as it's on the latest version. You have to go in Safari. They went ahead and built it for Safari because I'm sure Google's like, look, we know Apple users. Sure. And honestly, Chrome on iOS is, yeah. it's is, pretty, is pretty nerfed anyway. Yeah. It's, a, it's a weird child of Chrome and Safari. And, um, but they went ahead and did it in Safari. You can go there. You don't have to add the, the shortcut to your home screen if you don't want to. I mean... It makes it easier to click it. But once you do, it, it creates an icon. It looks just like any other app. It launches full screen like any other app. But ultimately, you can't forget, it's running in a browser. And you get the full Stadia experience. Like, yeah. I handed it to Joe, and I was like, just just mess with this for a second. I mean, I'm talking about pairing up your controller, yeah. audio Ch- chats, messaging, games, all of it. It's, I was, it's I all was, there. I was, I was impressed by how the controller paired up so quickly. Like I was just yeah. expecting that to be weird like or that's like not you work had to do some work around or whatever. Nope. I thought you'd have to plug pairing. it in or something. Yeah. I'm like, and the Stadia controller doesn't have standard like Bluetooth. He uses Bluetooth LE, but I don't, I don't believe it has Bluetooth. Like I can't just I hook it up to a random device no. right. as a Bluetooth controller. Um, so I was like, well, how's that going to work? But the controller just pairing like, works exactly yeah. the way it would. Yeah. And from what I've read, I didn't, haven't tested this yet. Like I've got an Xbox controller, I'll pair it up to later today and try it um, and see. But apparently, if you have a Bluetooth controller, like iOS plays pretty well with Bluetooth controllers. As long as it sees it and knows it's a controller, it'll work in Stadia too. You know, because the web. You know, like, and it was just it was bonkers because I, I I wanted to just launch the game, make sure the controls were okay, and I'm I'm early in the game, and so it started me at my last checkpoint. Well, I'm still in the Cub Stadium, trying to escape and getting ready to hit a blackout and so i blacked the whole stadium out and i'm escaping and well the next thing like we my little dude said hey i got this car for you across the street well the cops are swarming so i'm you know going through alleyways and diving in dumpsters and crap and i'm like well i'll just hop in this car and so now i'm driving through chicago and tripping you know uh traffic lights to make car crashes and 
I finally got away and got back to my hideout. I'm like, I got to stop. I sat there and played for like 30 minutes because the I, game is so amazing. Um, and, and, and I just, it, after I got done, I looked down and I'm like, I just did all of this. Like I just had this really immersive, fun gaming experience of a, like the, the graphics in it are amazing. And I've been to Chicago a lot. I know my way around Chicago and it's pretty darn accurate, you know. And so I'm driving down the streets of Chicago, like, yeah, oh look, there's that, and I'm, yeah. you know, trying to get away from cops, but also looking around, like, yeah, this is this is Chicago, this is awesome. Um, and it all happened in a web browser, in yeah. a tab. Like I, I even went back and just launched it. I went to just open Safari, went to Stadia, just played in there without installing it. The, yeah, yeah. didn't do anything. Took it off of there, and you know, just just played it as if I just went to the web and did this. And I'm like, it's mind blowing what is going on here because a it's cool that google figured out a way around the mess uh, you know they happen to have this g4 should be able to do this too sure like nvidia should be able to just be like hey look you know we're, we're going to build geforce now to work well with either chrome or uh safari on on mobile they should be able to do the exact same thing because they have i i think a comparable if not maybe a little better web player um geforce now's web player is really legit, legit. Yeah. really really legit um, so I could see them doing it too. Um, and it's just nuts. It's nuts to me that, that that is the state of the web, that that's where we're at, that we can do this sort of thing. And it just, in so many ways, it highlights how awesome PWAs are because it's, it's not just, Hey, here's this cool technological thing that you can do if you choose. It also, uh, highlights the fact that PWAs are agnostic, like that they don't care about your app store. You know, they don't care about your 30%, whatever you want from this app store and delivering it this way. There are ways around it. You know, the Play Store is is clearly, you know, opening up to more uh, PWAs that, especially for Chromebooks, like if I go right now to install Twitter or YouTube TV or Google News uh, from the Play Store, like from an app repository, you know, that, that people trust and like, if I go there and click those apps, it's going to install yeah. the PWA. And, you know, you almost feel like you got to put install in quotes, like, it, a PWA is just like uh, taking a it's website, a putting a wrapper on it. Yeah, you it's know, a little it's shortcut button, a, put basically. A, put a bow on it, make yeah. it look a little nicer. Yeah. You know, so you feel like you're running an app. You know, because that's what we've been conditioned to want to do. Uh, and and you know, I like stuff in its own window. I like that. You know, that's cool. But ultimately, like there there are delivery mechanisms that are in place that can work. So that's awesome. But if a PWA needs to, it can just right around that because it's based on web standards. You know, it's a, it's. And so it, it highlights two just amazing things like, hey, the tech is cool, but also what it stands for is really cool. And, you know, we're seeing PWA adoption just grow massively. And like that stuff to me, I don't know why. And I think that's why Chromebooks have always been exciting to me. Like the open web and web technology just in general just really excites me for like the, the de- democratization of technology and, yeah, and the internet and, and what's available for people. And it just, it has this disruptive power that we've been, I feel like we've been talking about for like two years that this stuff, like the PWAs, mean PWAs. And it's like, maybe we're fine. Like, it feels like we're kind of like, Oh my God, we're, I, we're there. Baby. Yeah. That's like, the thing. I think there. we always talked about it. Like it, it was the future, but who knew what, what the time frame was. It kind of feels like over the last 12 to 18 months, PWAs have just kind of, slipped in and now they're just there and it happened kind of the way we thought it would people don't even realize it right like, yeah. yeah i i forget on a daily basis that twitter on my chromebook and twitter on my phone are not they're not apps it's same they are they're, it's but same. they're not they're <laughs> right it's it's chrome it's a web yeah. browser like yeah. the yeah. only way i know on my phone is when i open twitter i get the little notification shade that says chrome because it's technically chrome well and what's even crazier is like i know we don't tend to use our chromebooks in tablet mode that often but i i, I remember no. <laughs> all the time when i flip over in a tablet mode and i start opening some of my pwas like the only clue you have uh for instance like google news just got a dark mode uh, rolled out for everybody uh the, the the pwa it looks amazing and they even went the extra step to, to do it right where like your top bar turns black whenever it blacks out the rest of it. So it just has this super smooth and cohesive look to the entire thing. The only giveaway on a Chromebook specifically, and I don't, uh, I would assume it does the same thing on Windows and Mac. Uh, does yours, uh, if you have a PWA open, like open in a window or whatever, do you have a little three dot next to your mm-hmm. up at the top? So there's some of those little, those little hints. Cause yeah. 
again, it's still a, it's a website for better or for worse. Um, and so sometimes you just need a back button that, that the developer didn't put in for the app because they weren't thinking full screen. They were just like, oh, this is a website. So you, you have a back key. Well, you know, some of those little pieces are a refresh button or you want to copy the URL you're on. Like that's another beauty of the open web. Like everything's on a URL, like everything's there. Like you can share that stuff you know, it's not locked behind something else. And so, right. yeah. uh, but that kind of gives away when you're on desktop, it gives away that you're running a PWA, not a full blown like native app. But when you're in tablet mode on a Chromebook, that top bar goes away because yeah. your navigation uh, is, is touch-based. And so uh, it, it immerses you even more. So if I'm in the Twitter PWA <laughs> or the Google News PWA, it's, it, it's not possible for most people to tell that you are in some sort of website versus in a native application and what's happened uh, even more so now is that um, between CSS and JavaScript websites have gotten not just responsive, but like animated and immersive and, and just kind of beautiful. And it's, again, it's these open web standards that people are able to write stuff in and you don't have to think, Oh, is that going to run on Mac or is that going to run on windows or is it going to run on a Chromebook? It's the web. It works. And most of it translates to the mobile web, too. Not all of it. Uh, and, and vice versa. Like it can kind of go back and forth. But that's the beauty of all of this stuff. As we get more um, inventive, interactive, uh, immersive kind of application type experiences on the web, it just blurs the line so much between you know a, a native app and a web app. Used to, you could tell. Sure. Like you could tell web app was running because it was always like a click this screen reloads, click that, you know, screen reloads. And it, it felt very much like navigating a website and, you know, for functional things, that's fine. But for app experiences, you know, you want stuff to slide in and out and all this kind of stuff. Well, that stuff's there now, like on the web, like all those, all those things that you want to do on page are all there for if a developer's savvy enough to make it in a native app, they're plenty savvy oh, sure. to make this with, with open, yeah. open. Oh, absolutely open web technologies that's the difference you're not writing this for uh, a particular platform you're writing it for the web right this, this bigger you know the web is the platform it just so happens that basically all the tech you pick up has a way to access said platform instead of it being locked to a certain device and i don't know there's to me in the technology space there's there's little that is as beautiful as that like i just i love it so much and uh and yeah, so th this whole thing, I was just kind of beside myself yesterday. And then the, the Michael's article blew up. Um, uh, we had to uh, fix some things uh, on the on our site. Uh, it, uh, the massive amount of traffic showed some uh, some some rusty spots, uh, <laughs> as we'll say. Some, yeah. some, it was a good holes, test, though. Couple it little was cracks. a good test. It's a stress test. A couple little uh, cracks. We got it yeah. fixed pretty quick, but it obviously that took my afternoon. Yeah. I'd already put, like written this entire article. But that that kind of derailed me, so that's why this didn't go out yesterday. But it doesn't mean I wasn't like over the moon excited yeah. for it yesterday. It was just it was mind boggling. I'm 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 excited that it's a thing. I'm not going to play Stadia on my iPad. I'm I'm going to play it on my Chromebook, uh, open web for the win, um, or I'm going to play it on my TV at home. But the fact that the fact that iOS and iPad OS users can do it now, can go and play it now, to me, it's not. Okay, now Stadia is going to make a splash. Now the iOS users like that's not that wasn't the point of any of this. Like, I hope it does. I hope it's a huge win for Stadia. I hope I hope Stadia sees a huge uptick in use because of it. That that would be awesome. But that's not why I was excited. Like I'm excited because I was like this the underlying technology this tech yeah. that's happening that's making this possible Crazy. is is so amazing. Uh, it's just it's just so amazing. And so um, super excited by that. Super excited by. Uh, just what that means for the future. Like as more and more people seem to start knowing now or feeling a little bit comfortable with, you know, installing things from a website or whatever, you know, and not feeling the need to go get stuff from the app store, like excited to see what that changes, mm -hmm. like the dynamic shift that happens because of it. And I don't know, it's, uh, I've been talking a lot, but like yeah. that, this, the, this, really really excited me well, like uh, the app, app store stuff might stick around because oh it will 100 yeah. people still like the 
like you said, it's a it's a repo- it's a repository. It's a group. Uh, yeah, that's uh, all it is. It's a grouping of all your stuff. It can be organized. You can find the things that you want to find. It's a and it's, it's probably nice it's probably delivery more important mechanism than ever in the long run because people are so accustomed to that and people do want an organized way to find the things that they're it's looking safe. for. It, but, yeah, they want to know that someone and, someone out there is right. looking over it, and making sure that they're not letting malicious right. stuff. But in pointing on back purpose. to Michael's article, that's another reason why Google is gonna and it, and it's it's weird because pwas are do involve the open web and anyone can make it we can make a pwa we've made a pwa out of our site before i mean anyone can do that so you kind of have to know what you're doing uh but google serving them inside of a play store or whatever that store may be does lend some liability to google too because if something malicious happens they're going to put the on us on google before the developer or with the developer. So there has to be some kind of balance there because someone commented on Michael's articles about how's Google going to police PWAs. Well, technically it's not Google's job to police PWAs. It's just the web. Right. So uh, not sure what so that looks if, like. Um, they do need to police extensions better. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And they can't tell me they don't have the resources to do that. That There's no excuse for it's monthly we see oh get rid of these it's all the time and there's no excuse for that pwas that's going to be a different story if something if something is downloadable via the play store for example it's been vetted to some degree yes so so that's that's the benefit of all this i mean i think i think very reputable sites like twitter or 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 whatever are going to want to go through the play store just for that <laughs> here's, sole purpose here's so issue. that people feel okay about it you know the issue that they'll have to figure out how to tackle um and i'm not i'm not sure exactly how they'll do this but so i go get the twitter pwa say through uh play store download it i'm running twitter on my chromebook well they'll be a little notification. Hey, the Twitter PWA is updated because it just it just needs to update the server on yeah. the server side of things. There's some cached you know files here and there that are on your device, but look at the Twitter PWA versus the Twitter native Android app. I want to say it's ten times smaller. Um, it's a very tiny application, um, and so when it updates, it's quick and it's mainly server side updating, and it doesn't require a visit to the Play Store. Um, so when well, I say that I'm not sure. I don't know. I guess maybe Google could make it force those updates. Like if you're going to serve a PWA through, through the Play, Play Store, Store it still has to update those updates through. at least have to pass through yeah. our yeah. servers. The like change maybe. log needs to go to Play Store before it right. gets pushed to the yeah. right. Yeah, and it has to match. So when it but when that's, it pushes that's still a touchy area though, because who's to say you know if the Twitter PWA is in the Play Store, that's all fine and well, but I I can probably still go get. Oh yeah, just go to Twitter and hit the little plus button up in your URL bar. It's going to require some responsibility on the creator's part. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and some caution on the user's end. Yeah, but I think I think the moral of the story for today is web technology for the win. There's there's obviously there's always going to be stuff that we're going to have to sort through and make sure that things are people are going to try to take advantage of any sort of new technology. We we talked about it on this podcast before. I mean, I got taken. Um, You know, my kids signing up for these things like Mm -hmm. and those are applications that are available on iOS and on Android. And they have no way to stop that from happening right now. There are guards I could have had up that I didn't that I put down for a few days. So that's on me, you know, and. I think it's it's eventually it all has to come back to that same thing. Like there's no 100% safe. If I download this from this, I know for sure nothing's ever going to happen to me. Like it's just not the case. No. So you got to, you know, you have to educate yourself and be smart and Agreed. you know, um, and get your stuff from reputable places. Like I don't have any concern whatsoever that when I hit that plus button in my URL bar from Twitter that I'm getting some sort of malicious thing. Right. right. You know, but if I'm at xrz.frq.za dash colon forward slash negative nancy you know like <laughs> that's a weird website someone's yeah. gonna go to that that url yeah go I for hope it there's something there go for let's it. forward it to curl box <laughs> gabe's probably already bought it. Ham- bought it hamster dance gif is on there that's where, yeah. that's where it went to die yeah yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so i mean if you just use some yeah. common sense yeah. but i wish that i wish that was enough i wish it was yeah. enough to be like no. hey just use some common sense and everybody will no. get it but no it's people not. 
just tend not to do that. <laughs> it's not. Unfortunately. <laughs> it's not. But, but yeah, but WebTech. Yeah, awesome. WebTech web tech is awesome. Go try out, if you have an iOS device, go try out Stadia. It's, it's great. You can go to Stadia.com and play. You do need the Stadia app on iOS to actually, if you have a controller that's never been set up or it's not on the local Wi-Fi that you're on, yeah. you do need that. That app will go through the, the controller setup for you. But like just like Stadia on the web, on the main web, on a Chromebook or whatever else, you can't do that controller setup, like as far as yeah. pairing the controller to the Wi-Fi. You need the app. It'll tell you, hey, go get the app and yeah. use this. Uh, I, I'm wondering, like as many things as they've rolled out on the on the web for Stadia, I wonder if that's going to come. Like that would oh, be yeah, really probably. beneficial. Be um, yeah, I'm sure that's probably insanely the- difficult, though, because <laughs> uh, it requires Wi-Fi Direct. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bluetooth LE tells it that there's a controller Wi-Fi direct is how it can talk to the controller and tells the controller to go get on the Wi-Fi. So if you've ever, basically if you've ever set up a Google home or home mini or whatever, those types of devices, that process that happens in the home app, it's the same thing. And so, I don't know. They need, they need to make Stadia controller set up done via the Google home app. Oh yeah. That would be be dope. That could be neat. Yeah. And then it would, to me, I'm like, if I go to stadia.com and I have my Stadia controller, I probably already have the Google home app. You know, like I don't have to go, especially on iOS, it feels weird. Go get the Stadia app. All it does is set up your controller and you can look at yeah. games, but then go like it's a little yeah. bit it's a little bit broken. But I don't know that I'm not sure if web technology exists to do that type of thing. I've yeah, not seen that know. before, but that would be really cool if they could yeah. figure that out. That'd be dope. All right, folks, we're gonna take a quick break for an ad and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. Alrighty, welcome back everybody. We are going to talk about some pretty big news that came out this week. Uh, it was actually on the, was it on the keyword? Or was it no, on that one of the weird it blogs? it was not. <laughs> it was on Neverwhere's blog. Yeah, it was, didn't it say- was just a random little and Google, one pair. Google didn't ever acknowledge it? I thought you, I thought oh, you I said No, Go- said Google something. acknowledged in a response to another news outlet. I guess oh, they okay. had contacted them and that was their official statement. Um I don't oh, know. that's it's, weird. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because so, so basically, the news is. I'm sorry, yeah, but but the news is, you know, Neverwhere has been acquired by Google. Right. Yeah. Uh, Neverwhere. If Which you're is not not really a surprise. But no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Yeah. I, I was going to kick to one of you guys to to yeah. give the full rundown of what Neverwhere is. I will for, say for before, somebody who doesn't know. Maybe. We'll have Gabe do that before though. When is it? Uh, was it a CES possibly or something? Neverwhere was at a thing. Maybe it was one of the KISTE things it or, was, uh, or it education. It was ISTE in Florida. The So it was either well, the they international. Like a, a booth with Google, right? Yes. Yeah. So they were doing, uh, it was in Florida. So it would have been, it, it was the national or international ed tech that they do every year. So it's the big one and Google and Neverwhere at, at the booth together. And they were allowing people to drop off their old devices and they would put Neverwhere on them. That's but right. Oh yeah. Back in 2017, Google, uh, Neverwhere had a, uh, round B investment, uh, um, cycle and Google was the main contributor to that. So Google, they don't own, they didn't own Neverwhere and they don't technically officially support Neverwhere, but they financially have supported right. them. So, so they've, they've, they've been in cahoots. Oh, yeah. 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 They, they were they at BETT together too? Or I'm thinking of something maybe, else. Maybe they were know. at BETT. So, so possibly. yeah. So like what Gabe says, it's not that surprising yeah. really. Yeah. It, it isn't that surprising, but yeah, run down. Like what Neverwhere is? In yeah, case so ne- Neverwhere is the company. Cloud Ready is the OS. It's uh, it is their own fork because Chrome OS is built off of Chromium OS. Chromium OS is just just like Chromium. It is the open source version of Chrome OS. Anyone can, if they want to take the time, can build their own version of Chromium OS. And, there, and I do that's that. Where we I, see I like, do that while I'm hacking. What was yeah. the remix build. OS? There's, and uh, no, remix, no, remix was Android. Was Android. Oh, now was it? Flint, Flint, Flint OS. Uh, oh, I was thinking. What was the one we saw at CES that we talked to those guys? That was Flint, that was no. That we talked to Remix. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. But that's that was 
as Chrome OS was just starting to, yeah. yeah. That was our first CES. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so they were like, we'll make Remix OS. And it's kind of like Dex. Yeah. Samsung yeah. Dex. So. Pretty much exactly like that. So Cloud Ready is is the closest thing to full-blown Chrome OS that you can get. And a lot of that has to do because they do partner with Google on all that stuff. But the mission for Cloud Ready is to take non-Chrome OS devices like aged-out Macs, aged-out Windows PCs, and install Cloud Ready OS, which is a full-functioning version of Chromium OS that Google has allowed them to use things like the management console licenses and the admin console. So businesses and schools can take these old devices, install Cloud Ready OS, and then manage them from Google's admin console. You can buy a management license just like you do for Chrome OS, but it does have its limitations. Uh, they did just add Linux apps earlier this year, but it's still kind of beta and it doesn't work on a lot of devices. But there's no, because of licensing issues and things like that, there are no Android apps on CloudReady. Uh, so it is a, it's an alternative and it's a way for companies to get more use out of devices that would otherwise be headed for the recycling bin. Um, Google's backed them for a long time and now they apparently own them. So, Well, interestingly, one of our most viewed videos is one I made yeah, on my own. It's terrible. Not, not it's terrible anymore. Video. Love yeah. the thumbnail. <laughs> it used to be for a long time. Yeah, yeah it's it a was. terrible Check thumbnail. Check it out. It looks like he's looking at a security camera. It's like, <laughs> it does. <laughs> I've never, I've never thought yeah. about that. Like he's game getting ready to steal so something out of the <laughs> office. I put the like, camera up high for some reason. There was something I was trying to not show. <laughs> right. Like I was trying oh, yeah, to. The, and it wasn't that, that green carpet because yeah. you can still see yeah. that. <laughs> I couldn't get away from that. Yeah, our office used to be just green carpet, like Christmas carpet everywhere. It was awful. But yeah, that that video did really well. Like we've thought about doing an we, updated we version, to. and especially now that this yeah. news has come out, like we need to figure out a creative way to uh, just rehash that. Because now, I mean, there's like 400 laptops that they've certified. Oh, there's yeah. others that work, but 400 certified laptops. Um, and you know, the fact that that Google now will like I don't know how this will happen. Like, will Cloud Ready become an official branch of Chrome OS, or is they just gonna is never where you're gonna have the ability to put Chrome OS on what they see fit? Yeah, and, and that's what's unclear. And I, I never really thought about this until last night. I saw an article pop up from I don't even know who it was, but their title took it the other direction and was along the lines of, will this be the end of people repurposing devices? And I don't see that. I, I, don't, no. I don't really see that at all because there are some devices, some Chrome OS devices that you can install CloudReady on, but it's not supported and it's... It's not what it's designed right. for. Um, and if you look at the roadmap, there's a link in the article. Neverware has laid out a, a short-term roadmap saying, hey, right now nothing's going to change. We're just right. we're part of the Chrome OS team now, and Google, we're going to eventually Google will be the go-to when it comes to support, licensing, because the home version's free. You can, right. you can do this at home all you want, but businesses that want to buy it and all that stuff will have to go through uh, Google. Google's going to support it. The advantages here are now that it's in-house, CloudReady will likely get official Android support. Uh, there's a good chance, because Cl CloudReady is usually a cycle behind, right. I think. There's a good chance that it will release um, on the same release cycle as Chrome OS. Uh, so this will... They, I mean, they might even rename it. I don't know. Maybe they would call it Chrome OS for Windows. I, I don't know. Yeah. What the, it's it's going to be interesting to watch yeah, it develop. My, I think. And that's my thought is that long term, this eventually becomes the Chrome OS alternative for non-Chromebooks. Right. And, and it's the official thing from Google. And, and maybe they keep the cloud. Neverware's been around for a decade now. They've built a huge clientele. They, they know what they're doing. So... Don't, certainly don't see it going away, and it's from the blog post. It seems like Neverware's very excited about this, and why wouldn't you be? I mean, you just got bought out by Google, so yeah. Well done. I mean, yeah, you, you did it. Look what <laughs> hey, look what it, it did for Go Boston retire. Dynamics. Google sold them for a two hundred million, and then they just got sold again for one point one billion. Yeah. So being owned by Google has its advantages if they don't put you in the graveyard. Yep. Just saying. Yeah. Get out while you can. <laughs> <laughs> but, Sorry. But like with, with, uh, the other thing so, we were talking so about. So quick. <laughs> the other thing we were talking about, like, and this is just complete speculation because we don't know exactly what Google's plans are with this. We don't know what, what Neverware's plans are uh, during this transition. But 
if you think about it, like Neverwhere's thing, their whole uh, um, operating reason, purpose for existing is taking old devices that don't have a purpose and repurposing. And so... Which I love. I love that. Yeah, I love yeah, the idea. Really. It's like, like and, reduce, and think, reduce e-waste, you know, right. and, and, and so now it's a great use for these products. What becomes interesting is that Google is basically is saying that this their version of, of Chromium OS is going to be an official Chrome OS build. And so it's interesting to look at that from the perspective that Google's never really allowed that prior it's not like Google has been like, oh, you you want to build a Chromebook? Go for it. You know, whatever. Because people build Android devices all the time. Right. Go, go to Walmart and pick yeah, up some Yeah, licensing Android. and Android devices, I could do it like in 10 minutes. Right. And Chrome OS is just not that way. Um, and I don't think that's changing with this, but it, it brings up an interesting conversation because if, if now Neverwhere has the ability to basically put Chrome OS, like a true Chrome OS, on anything that they want to support... Does that make it easier for someone else to come in and build Chromebooks? Like, is that kind of where this could go long term? Where um, maybe it's not exactly a Chromebook. Like, you're building a Windows PC that, that can be a Windows PC, but we can also talk to Neverwhere and we can launch our little, you know, cheap Windows device right. with Chrome OS on it from Neverwhere. Good example it's, is there's a lot of uh, companies out there that make lesser Linux type right. laptops and you can choose what you you know exactly we have this linux book do you want debian do you want CentOS? do you yep. want mint do you want this do, can they do that can they say hey we've got this cheap rugged device for your schools do you want windows on it or do you want yeah. chromium sure. os right and, 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 and i don't know team that deals with this stuff all the time let them deal yeah, with that because i feel like the chrome os team is like look we're we're thinking about new hardware from manufacturers and that's what we're doing let let this let's bring this team on that can do that sort of work that can maybe expand the market in that particular way but also like would they be able to transition um chromebooks that have run out of date like i don't know how they would separate this where that was the confusing part when we were talking about it but if if the chrome os team says hey this new hp chromebook is out it has support from google official support until 2028 and 2028 rolls around, and that device is now out of support. I don't know if it's a, a, a what's that transition look like for the yeah. end user? Like, uh, you'll still get security updates or whatever uh, via this thing, and you'll you're not going to get the maybe the latest version of I don't know. Like, what does that look like for? I'm trying to See, think. That of end users yeah, going that doesn't add up to me because I don't know what we're going to do with this? An end user, a consumer, is not going to go through the they're not going to want to go through the steps of trying to reinstall Chromium OS right. cloud ready. Um, but does and if Google ready? was going to do that, why wouldn't they just continue to extend the life of Chrome OS? Yeah. I mean, it gets maybe real. But what if, what if this is the first stage of this and two years from now, that's what they've brought Neverwhere on for. It's like, Hey, look, we need you all to help build an infrastructure out that allows us if they're, I mean, they're maintaining 400 devices. Yeah. That that is a, a monster mountain of devices compared to the number of supported Chromebooks right now. Right, because that's the thing. When Google Google don't think there's ever been a Chromebook that came out that did not pass through Google's hands. Oh yeah, they have a specific list of this is what you can and this is what you can't do. When you're talking about cloud ready, you're talking about this list of 400 devices. They've had to go through every single one of them because right. even though this device and this device might share a similar a baseboard and the same processor and the same RAM, the peripherals are different or the screen's different. The inputs are different. Right, the USB they have to make sure all, that all of that stuff is there. And that is a monumental task. Right. And they've done it and never has done it and shown that they can do it for 400 devices that were never intended to be Chromebooks to begin with. So, and some of them are max. Yeah. And what, it, how, how difficult would it be then for that team, that group of people, that infrastructure that has been built to maintain old devices and make sure drivers are updated, yada, 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 to, to keep those things running. If we just transition them to say, hey, we also, or maybe not even also, like our main thing for you eventually is going to be, hey, as these devices get older, you just need to keep Chromebooks up. Like, So could we be looking at, instead of eight years of longevity, it's 15 years or whatever. Yeah. Like some of these... I, it gets a little ridiculous. There's a point, I think, where it's like, you don't have to support this anymore. Like, a device doesn't need support after X amount of years. Is it 10? Is it 12? I don't know. But I think this this could end up being a play where Google could 
use this to extend the life of all Chromebooks. And it wouldn't be a transition. It's not like, oh, now you're going from you know Google Chrome OS to never wear Chrome OS. Like I don't think they would have to do that. It's more of this team that knows how to update and keep tabs on all these. I don't know how they do this. But whatever, however it is they go about doing it, whatever source for the win. Yeah, I mean, and they've got that figured out. And so maybe instead of Google saying, "Hey, let's build out a whole team and figure it out," they're like, "Those guys are already doing it. They're already doing it. They clearly have it figured out, and they're doing it on on hardware again that was not intended and not built for Chrome OS." Yeah, we need to do a that'd be a good video, but we need to do a we need to test this. I don't know how old this Acer is. It's, I've got an old Acer laptop to tenor. We need to find the oldest Windows device we have laying around, one that's just literally unusable. Mm-hmm. Install Cloud Ready on it and see how it runs. Because I bet you a 12 to 13-year-old laptop with old hardware Probably still okay. runs Chrome OS okay. When you're talking about like an Intel Core chip, I bet it runs okay. I bet it runs as well as some, as well, the, some of the Atom. Oh, sure. What was the video? the video that we did? I mean, you did forever ago. Uh, what was that on? That was on, was a, on a tower, tower. wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I've still got right. that at home, actually. Did you install it, or oh, did yeah. you run it from USB? No, nah, I, I did it from USB, and then I just wrote Wiped it. Wiped it, huh? Yeah, yeah. There's nothing else on that thing other than Chromium OS. Bye. <laughs> uh, I haven't booted it up forever, but it was like a second-gen Core i5, so it wasn't like it was a slacker of a, of a processor, but it wasn't like running Windows. It never felt fast. It was like, right. yeah, it's okay. But I think about Dude, it. I put, yeah. when Chromium OS was on there, it... Yeah, like this Acer in here, it's a it's a Core i5, I think, but it's it's old. The display on that laptop does not work. But imagine putting Chromium OS on it, docking it, and just having it as a workstation. Absolutely. Probably work great. Yeah. And Let's so, try it. Especially once, now think about the potential here. Once <clears throat> Google kind of blesses this and allows, <coughs> that would mean you could put Chrome OS on that thing. Mm-hmm. And if it exactly. was a supported one, you know, your mouse drivers are going to work. Your, well, supposedly, your, your, that's what Brunch does. Somebody emailed me about oh, Brunch yeah. the other day. I've tried it before, but I tried it on a Chromebook, and it didn't work. I was trying it on my old Pixel, as a matter of fact. But Brunch supposedly takes the actual recovery image from Chrome OS and puts it. So I, I want to uh, try that. How does that How does that work? How do they do I that? I mean, it's just an image just like anything else. Yeah, it's a, the, the issue will always come down to when it's you're not doing supported. this stuff. Yeah, yeah if it's, it's not supported... Maybe your keyboard doesn't work. Your function keys don't <laughs> right, fire. Or yeah, only one yeah. USB works. Or you know, or it blows up and burns your house down. Google's <laughs> like, well, it's your fault. Yeah, yeah you I mean, did seriously. That. Um, yeah. And so that's where that's where Cloud Ready is pretty amazing as an organization. If you think about what they're doing, or, or I'm sorry, Neverwhere uh, is is amazing as an organization because they've somehow figured out how to manage this. Again, I keep saying this on 400 plus devices that. Again, we're not made for Chrome OS. It's so they've had to line all of these pieces out and making sure it works well enough for them to say, yeah, we'll give that a, a yeah. check. And then they've got to maintain it. Like, as because Chrome OS keeps updating, like, I can't imagine the rat race that that is every six weeks. You know, they've got to figure out, okay, go back to the 400 devices again. And if you think about the number of Chromebooks that are in circulation right now, I don't even think there's 100. Do you think there's 100 separate Chromebooks out right now? You're talking are, about from the beginning? Um, no, the ones that are technically being updated still. Oh, yeah, probably around 100 maybe. The if ones even that, that. Yeah, if you go to the end-of-life list, the ones that are still alive, it's probably around 100 maybe. And if you add all of them, probably 150 to 170, yeah. or something like that. Tops. And that's all of them <clears throat> ever in a decade. And Neverwhere's over here maintaining 400 non Chromebook made hardware pieces. And so to me that that lines up a lot smoother with what Google could be long-term planning with bringing them in house. Don't go build a team, go buy it. If it's they've already figured it out. Like they've they've got the infrastructure, they know what they're doing. Acquire them and use them to figure out how to to expand the longevity of these devices and um because I mean the ones that get 8 8 years, people aren't as upset about this anymore as they used to be. But there's still something about, there's still ones out there that, that shipped with like five or six years. And, and some of those are starting to come up, you know, and yeah. I had a friend uh, text me the other day and he's like, I just got this message. Just this Chromebook's <laughs> not going to get updated starting in June. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's about a, that, but he was like, well, we've bought other Chromebooks. It's just, this is our old one. And I just didn't know if that was yeah. legit or not. I'm like, hopefully, hopefully, you know, I, I thought the whole lacrosse thing was, that was going to be their fix for that, but I'm not sure what lacrosse is. Yeah, there's a second point, flag for it now in Canary, and I'm not sure. Because again, I don't. I think you could unpair if you unpaired Chrome from Chrome OS, 
people use Windows XP laptops until until Microsoft finally said stop using like we're not supporting Windows XP anymore um, because ultimately the the security flaws come in through the browser and stuff. It's not going to be through the through the baseline OS, especially with Chrome OS. Um, and so, really, as long as Chrome, the browser is is kept up to date, most of your apps are running in a Chrome window, that kind of stuff. If Lacrosse has the ability to uh, do all the things that Chrome does on Chrome OS, then once that day comes, it's there's a pop up that says, "Hey, we need to switch you to, um, you know, I don't know how they would word it, but you know, the you're, you're outdated now." Chrome OS will receive no more updates, but your Chrome browser will stay up to date. Stay and secure, yeah. And then they, they sever the the built-in Chrome browser. They use that because Lacrosse already syncs. Everything's there. Yeah, and, it's, it, and works, it works works really, really well. well. So clearly, <laughs> this like there's something that they're going to be doing with that. It's it's going to be interesting to see um, if they got Lacrosse working. Like it's working so well at this point now. There's part of me that wonders if they're not just going to sever it for everyone. Like Chrome mm. on a Chromebook is going to be just like Chrome on Windows or anything else. It's going to be a separate application that runs with the underlying OS. Um, it's not that way right now. Like, they're still very intertwined. Like, Chrome and Chrome OS are, are still kind of two parts, one whole. Um, I could see them just severing it and just saying, sure. hey, when, when you run Chrome, like, and that, that way, Chrome OS and Chrome, Chrome updates can be disparate and it's okay. Like, I, I think there's undue pressure on them right now for... When Chrome updates on Windows and Mac, it's like people are like, well, I want my update on Chrome OS. And they're like, well, we got to fix that one thing that's OS side. Chrome's fine. But that OS thing, we can't ship. And right, we're shipping new features. or something. You yeah, can split them. I mean, different. it literally, the, the TikTok pattern of those things would be three weeks apart. I mean, they're, they're still going to do six-week updates probably to both. But you could see an update to Chrome today and three weeks later, Chrome OS updates, you know, or whatever. And it just, it would relieve some of, I think, some of the pressure. So I could see that happening too. And when we first saw Lacrosse, I was like, this this seems like a hacky, like kind of working version. Because doesn't it run in a Linux container-ish? Its own personal container? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> if it's, if if. Lacrosse, especially the way it is now, and assuming it's just going to get better, if that is an example of what is really possible with customized containers on Chrome OS, holy crap! Because Lacrosse is awesome. Like it, it completely and utterly feels like a native running application. There, the, there's nothing about using it that feels containered at all or anything. Like parallels, sure. You know, running Linux apps on Chrome, yeah, all that stuff feels containered. So far, Lacrosse now the the point it's at right now when you when you run it, it doesn't feel like that at all. I mean, not at all. Like I had it up the other day on I think it's in developer mode. You can use it. I I lost track of which one I was using, whether it was the container Lacrosse or the built-in Chrome. Because it just on. runs so native. Yeah, yeah, it's smooth. I think the Crazy. scrolling is actually smoother. If, if if it's just nuts. So if it's yeah. that good, and yeah. as long as and what we're seeing in the in the commits right now is that. It seems like they're they're pairing up stuff so that it has all the same access and ability. That's that's the problem with decoupling these things is that because Chrome OS and Chrome are so intertwined, it's they've probably relied on certain things to pass back and forth between the two. And Chrome will handle this while Chrome OS handles this and that kind of stuff. When you rip Chrome out, you got to make sure Chrome OS has exactly, the bits yeah. and pieces in yeah. place, and it can pass all the same you know. Um, uh, okay, you're allowed to do this and no, you can't do that. And you know, they got security and all that kind of stuff. Like all the handoffs have to work. Um, but it seems like they're well on the way. So if that's the case, I could see them just being like, look, Chrome and Chrome OS are just different. They're, they're, they're two different pieces on your Chromebook. We can update Chrome completely separately and we can update Chrome OS completely separately and they don't have to live together. And then that would save the whole like transition as your, your Chromebook times right. out. Like there wouldn't have to be a transition. There wouldn't have to be a pop up saying, "Oh, we're going to move you to this Chrome." Like it just whatever. It, yeah. Your Chrome OS is not updating anymore. If you're running a, a Windows PC with Windows Seven, uh, is Windows Seven done yet? It's getting yeah, close, sir. or yeah, it might be done. So. Or Vista. I think Vista they killed yeah. Vista like three years after it came out. But <laughs> or Vista. <laughs> but it was bad. It's dead on arrival. Uh, but you know, when Microsoft says that, it's not like people go throw out their computers and go buy new ones. They either upgrade. Uh, or, you know, they, but they're going to keep installing updates to the applications they have to continue staying safe. And so same with yeah. this, like the, the updates that happen with Chrome OS as time goes on are 
usually not so big that they can't overcome some sort of security hurdle. Eventually, yes, eventually, it's either going to be too slow or there's probably going to be some hangups. You know, there, there are limitations. We can't you can't support everything for thirty years. Yeah. And, and nobody's going to keep a laptop that long. I mean, just let's be realistic here. Uh, but I think if they can figure out stuff like this, stuff from Neverwhere, all that kind of stuff, they can they can start saying, hey, if you want to invest five or $600 in a Chromebook, keeping it for 10 years, as long as you take care of your stuff, it's completely it's totally realistic. Yeah, and that's the thing. This doesn't have to get, you know, infinite life out of device. But you think from an enterprise or especially an educational mm, standpoint, yeah. mm-hmm. when you're talking about going from a three-year buying cycle on devices to a seven- or eight-year, imagine, I mean, school budgets are massive. Imagine the amount of money that they can reallocate to resources like liberal arts or this or whatever the case may be. It, right. It's the implications are huge, yeah. and, and that, that had that's what it feels like. It feels like it's less of a consumer issue and far more of an enterprise slash school issue because they buy in wow. bulk, and, and you're, you're yeah. talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and, and Google is obviously very heavily invested in those two As markets. Is never <laughs> yeah. Yes, very much. I, so. I think 2021 a, more than we've ever seen. Yeah. We're going to see more enterprise focused yeah. stuff. I mean, they're 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 kind of taking the same approach that they did with education. It's just like we're going in, like. Yep. We're going to gear stuff towards these people, and um, and it, yeah. so far they're doing well. Um, yeah. So yeah. So uh, there you have it. We're Google Google acquires Neverwhere. We're not sure exactly why, but we have some ideas. <laughs> it's basically some ideas what, is what they could to. use it for. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got that thing? Let me yeah. show you how to use it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, I'm we, sure they we have a plan. We feel like <laughs> this is Google's long term plan with the keyword. Also, I feel like they're gonna they're gonna absorb us to handle. Yeah. Writing the Google blog. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure that's. What's I'm happening. just kidding. They have like 21 blogs that feed <laughs> to the keyword. I would not want that job. No. Yeah, no, hard hard pass on that. But. <laughs> no, no offense, Google. <laughs> yeah, no offense. Oh, I mean, unless you want to buy it, or whatever. Awesome you know. site. It's just not. I wouldn't yeah. want to maintain all of it. Heck no, no, no way. You know, buy we'd us have to, and let us do nothing. We'd have to. We'd have to get a much larger team. Just we, send us a golden tea go. We would need like That's twenty more Michaels. Tea goes. <laughs> no, I said we need like twenty more no. Michaels. I was I was talking golden tea go. Yeah, Robbie's coinage. always Robbie's yeah. always thinking about golden tea go. Mm. Okay, folks, that's it for today. We appreciate you all tuning in. We're gonna link all this stuff. Uh, giveaway. Make sure you go get entered to win for that. Yes. We're yes, not yes, gonna yes. podcast next week, so uh, enjoy the holiday and hopefully you get to spend some time with family, uh, small family. Right, yeah. you can't, you can't close can't, family. Don't go to big gatherings, okay? Please just don't. don't do it. Please don't. don't do it. Vaccines coming, guys. Yeah. Vaccines coming. Yeah. Just, just hold out. Uh, but we appreciate you all tuning in. We'll catch you all next year. See you. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS. Make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.